Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Oh, Kobe's not the best player. Like, he was never the best player on his championship teams. (laughs) That includes... Uh uh, (laughs) <laughs> that includes his his late runs with Pau Gasol, who was better than him and more efficient than him. Oh. You're listening to The Dig. What is up, Nuggets fans? Welcome to The Dig. I'm your host, Nick. We have a special treat for everybody today. We're joined by Ryan Blackburn. The managing editor is that your t- official title? Managing editor of Denver Stiffs. It's it's technically site manager, site manager but site manager. honestly, I'm I'm very flexible with the actual title. Just just know that I'm the the, the guy who you who you technically have to go to on certain stuff, and that's all good. <laughs> right. Well, thank you for jumping in on this uh, this shortened week because uh, the holidays sure coming thing, up. Man. Do you have any Do you have any plans for the the holiday week? Yeah, man, we've got a. Got to get some of that family stuff in. Yeah. Nuggets aren't playing at home from basically Tuesday to Tuesday. Uh, this coming Tuesday, uh, they played the Washington Wizards. And next Tuesday, they play the Los Angeles Lakers. And in between, they've got one road game. But other than that, the obligations aren't really that strong. So we're going to take some time with family, have a good time. My girlfriend is coming. It's going to be great. I'm, I'm really excited. Got a lot of stuff planned. So. You and I were just talking about this briefly. Turkey's kind of overrated. It really is. It's, it? it's a it's a a main dish that, as you had mentioned before, people make once a year, and right. they don't necessarily put as much time into the learning and preparation of it as they probably should. And it turns out to be not as great when you eat it the the one time of year that you do. Yeah, dried turkey's really gross, and most people blast that thing because they're i guess scared of undercooking it i don't know and then there's like the deep frying (laughs) option but that's like a ton of work you know everybody i think knows that like one person who has like the the huge like turkey deep fryer or whatever oh yeah my my girlfriend's (laughs) family actually does they deep fry three turkeys for the family and they they coat them in in different stuff different seasonings and sauces and it's good that's 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 the way to do it yeah that's good stuff for the vast majority of the waking world, turkey's just not something that you should do. My take is that Thanksgiving should be the time, and Christmas especially, because I don't like ham either. Christmas should be the time where you put together your best meal if you're hosting. Whatever your best dish is, like whatever you're most comfortable making for a large amount of people, do what you're good at. Yeah, any kind of tradition where you have groups of people over and you, you cook for your friends and family, like why not cook stuff you're good at? Make it's it's so of, true. It's so true. One say. one year, uh, my family decided that we we're going to go just full on Italian food. Well, apparently the hot takes are going to be rolling this episode. <laughs> for already starting off by bashing I turkey and ham. I am passionate about this topic. <laughs> <laughs> the theme. The theme for this episode is: Do the Nuggets have enough? We're coming in. 
to this show here. We're recording on Monday night. Uh, we've just come off a win against the Suns. Um, more importantly, a couple of really big wins against the Rockets and the Celtics, uh, who had uh, two of the best records in the NBA prior to those games against the Nuggets. And my thought is that the Nuggets seem to be showing us so far this year that they're a good regular season team, like maybe even a great regular season team. We saw it last year. Um, this year, you know, we've talked a lot about in this roller coaster ride that we've had so far this year uh, about the, about the struggles of of Jokic, about uh, shooting struggles, about the bench. Uh, we've had, you know, some key guys like Malik Beasley, who are major contributors last year, who aren't even sure. playing or haven't been until uh, very recently. Um, so there's it's been kind of a it's 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 been kind of a chaotic uh, beginning to the season. And yet here we are. Nuggets are 11 and three. It seems like maybe they are good enough to kind of play half a game and still get wins in the regular season. But is that good enough? Like it, do the Nuggets? Is this the is this the team that? is the, the the championship winning team. You know, maybe not this year, whatever, but is this the group that's going to do it? Or are the Nuggets still lacking something? What are your thoughts, Ryan, just generally? You know, it's it's generally I I think it really depends on what your expectations are because like you said, if if the expectations are championship or bust, then the Nuggets have questions. There are still some things that they haven't really answered. The offense isn't where it needs to be. And usually I I did a stat of the week on this today. Usually when the offense gets back into gear is when the defense starts to struggle. They generally don't put it together at the same time. And that was one of the main issues in the playoffs, actually, where Denver was defending really well against the San Antonio Spurs, but they couldn't really score. Or they were scoring really well against the Portland Trailblazers, but they couldn't really get stops when it counted. That's a, a major issue. That's that's a it's a sort of a symptom that there's there's a little bit of a larger problem that they may need just one more guy. They may need one more talent. But if your expectation is, hey, we don't sit, we don't skip steps. Uh, we made it to the second round last year. Now we have to make it to the Western Conference Finals. If that's your expectation, then I think this team is good enough to do that. They can beat most every single team in the league, most every single team in the playoff series. I think that's that's unquestionable at this point. They've already proven that even with struggles, they're they're twelve and three. They're on a sixty-five win pace. That's pretty good. Like when you're when your best player Nikola Jokic is taking every other game off, basically, that's a that's a good start. <laughs> right. That's a, that's a you 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 take that. Even when you're not playing your best, you're still playing. You're still winning eighty percent of your games. Most teams would die for that. Yeah, and if we go, if we go up and down the roster, we can come up with question marks for, for I don't know, nine of the players on this team. You know, who, I mean, who have been the guys who have been consistently good all year so far? Uh, Barton, Millsap, maybe I would Murray. Go with Murray. Yeah, I. I, I think that Jamal Murray has graduated to the point where either even when his shot is not falling, he's still making a positive impact on the game. I agree with that. I think that's I think that's a fair take at this point. And he's he's earned that. He deserves that. He's been an above average defender to start the year. He's passing the ball better. He's not turning the ball over as frequently. And he's making more shots, uh, especially from three. So right. that's that's pretty much all you can ask for at this point. Yeah, sure. I mean, just about everybody else, we have 
some complaint about their game, right? Or so or something weird sure. has gone on this year, right? Gary Harris can't shoot for some reason. Uh, he he used to be one of the best finishers in basketball. Now he's one of the worst, or I don't know. He's at least been bad. I don't know where he ranks in comparison to other players. Um, it's not good. It's, it's not, not good. A, it's not a good place to be. Right. Um, Jokic has been inconsistent. That's been very well documented uh, throughout the year, although still remains one of the best players in basketball, even with those inconsistencies. And then the bench has been somewhat of a mess. Mason Plumlee maybe has been uh, the only real consistent performer there. Uh, Monte's had some struggles. He's bounced back. Uh, Malik, uh, we talked about a second ago. He won a a stretch uh, where he barely barely even saw any any playing time, finally got on the court a little bit against the Suns. Um, But he's obviously had some... Issues this year. Grant's had an, a weird uh, kind of fit with the with the bench and the starters and the time that he's had. MPJ is getting limited minutes. Tory Craig is in and out of the lineup. Like we have, there's just a lot of weird sort of question marks and pieces uh, right now. But somehow it's all coming together and they're getting wins. And I that's interesting to me. So we what we want to do in this episode uh, in a couple segments, we're going to do buy and sell and fill in the blank. Um, I'm going to break down some of the kind of specifics. The some of the specific. Uh, uh, issues on the team, specific players, and look at whether or not these specific things are good enough, if if the Nuggets have what they need to be a championship contender there, or if some sort of an upgrade or change or improvement is necessary. All right, Ryan, let's play some buy or sell. First question, are you buying or selling Jokic and Murray as a championship one-two punch? Uh, that's it's such a tough question because those guys are like one of them is inexperienced in terms of you don't know if you, what you're necessarily going to get in the playoffs this year. One of them has not played well to start the year. I'm going to go sell right now, but I could be buying in a couple months just based off of where Nikola Jokic is, uh, where his headspace is at going forward. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I. I'm going to buy it, um, but I, I, I'm almost buying it with the same reasoning that you have, which is I expect that they're going to get there. <laughs> so maybe both of us <laughs> kind of right now are in the same sort of spot. Like, um, do they have it right like, now? Like if we plop the Nuggets into the playoffs against the Lakers yeah, today. Yeah, if, if we plop them in today, I, I think the answer has to be no. There, there are too many questions surrounding both guys. And while Jamal Murray has been better than he was last year, there's still some questions surrounding him. Like, is he going to maintain his efficiency going into the playoffs? Is Nikola Jokic going to continue? Like, will he be able to keep up with Anthony Davis and LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? I don't know what the answer is there. I think it's pretty easy for him to keep up with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum by comparison, but even, even those guys gave him some issues on the perimeter. And then you've got to go against LeBron and Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And we've been talked about Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell on that team. Right. So there, there are a lot of pieces that could give Jokic and Murray trouble that I think Nuggets fans are, are discounting a little bit. I do like this tandem as the core. I mean, I like that we have two playmakers. Uh, one, obviously, the most unique playmaker that we've seen in a, in our generation, for sure. Um, for sure, that's as a as a point center. Uh, I, I 
you know, we've we've talked about this over the last few years now, but even coming up with a, a similar player is is really difficult. I'm not sure we've ever ever seen anything really quite like Jokic. Um, so I, I I really like that about about our core is that we have a player on this team who other teams have to have to adjust to, and they're not used to playing against that style of, of play in any in any way. They, there's no way to like to fake a Jokic, <laughs> right? Or, 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 and you're not going to see that, that kind of player on, on any other team. Um, so that does give us, us an advantage. And then to have, have a small guy like Murray um, as the, as the second playmaker who, who can be this, uh, you know, really deadly outside shooter. And who is a guy that has a little bit more of a kind of, that he plays with kind of a chip on his shoulder. And I mean that in, in a good way. Um, I think that's the right makeup. I think that's the right tandem to build around. And I think the Nuggets have been smart to do that. I mean, I know I, I questioned that last year, early in the season last year. Um, you know, I was really kind of wrestling with whether or not I thought Murray could be the starting point guard on this team even. Um, wow. I, I Well, I've just always felt like he was a, a better shooting guard or, or more natural fit at shooting guard. And it just you know, seemed like Gary I, Harris kind of had that locked in. But yeah, I mean, the way things have developed, like the Nuggets don't necessarily need a traditional point guard. And I, so I've, I've totally come around on, on that. But uh, yeah, I guess I guess my point is just that I, I, the Nuggets have been uh, smart, I, I think, to to go all in with these guys. But for sure, are they there? For yet? sure. It's it's been it's been really interesting to see how this core how this duo specifically has developed and they've developed in so many unique ways that that other cores that other duos just cannot really interact as much Jokic is screening for Murray and Murray is screening for Jokic and those guys are are handling the ball each of them they are each isolating they're each posting up they're each like running off screens like in in certain sets it's a very bizarre look because when you have guys that do those things for each other usually they're like sized usually they're they're both wings or they're both bigs or they're both guards in this case Jamal Murray displays a lot of kind of of big man tendencies where where he can screen and roll to the rim for Jokic and obviously Jokic displays a lot of guard tendencies where he's holding the ball he's passing it off the dribble he is making the right read out of the pick and roll, which is just such a bizarre thing to say. Right. And that unique nature of their game, you're right. It, it, it causes teams like the Los Angeles teams. They will have to, they will have to adjust to what Denver does as much as what Denver will have to adjust to what they do. Uh, you may not get JaVale McGee at the five as often against Nikola Jokic because Jokic will probably take him to school. And you may get other situations where, the the Clippers just can't leave Montrez Harrell on him or else he's going to pick up six quick fouls and then Jokic is going to go for 50. Uh, he he doesn't necessarily have that in him every time, but in a playoff series, you could be right. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, 
Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So the the next one, and, and I'm, again, filling in for Jeremy Poley on this one. He does a great <laughs> job every time. And so we're, we're trying to, to mix in the dynamic that Nick and Jeremy have going. So I will be asking this next question to Nick. Nick. Well done, right? Do you think the Nuggets have a have a championship level defense? Is this this defense that they have put together over the first 15 games? It has been elite. This has been a, a really strong unit. Does it have enough to go to distance? Do you, do you trust it? Is this something that you believe that they can deem championship level? I don't think I would be buying this had I not watched the Rockets game a couple of games ago and I think that game really convinced me that this is a championship level defense now I I don't know you know how to quantify that exactly is it a top five defense a top three defense Um, I I think for sure they're a top 10 defense so that that might even be good enough you know depending on what their offense can can round into this year uh, to call them a championship level defense but I I think they are one of the best defensive teams in the NBA um, certainly in the Western Conference. And I think they just, they they have so much versatility and so much depth and guys of different sizes and skill sets that they can rotate in and out. And then you have guys like Gary Harris, uh, who's playing outstanding defense. Uh, the Nuggets team, uh, apparently from what I've, my understanding is they all think he should be up for, for NBA um, all defense. They were chanting that the other night in the locker room, apparently. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah, that's sweet. And uh, I mean, I'm you know, obviously you want the team Crazy, supporting right? their guys, whether that's realistic or not. I don't I don't know. You know we're a little early. <laughs> it was awesome. I think still to even be talking about that. But just th- the fact that he's even in that sort of conversation that's even coming up, I think, is a testament to how well he's played on defense. Um, obviously, you have stoppers like Torrey Craig, who especially against certain matchups like Russell Westbrook causes all sorts of problems uh, for specific kinds of players. And the one of the guys that I really think I, and this is going to come up, I think, a little bit later, too. But a guy that really, I think, needs to come into his own on this team is Jeremy Grant. And I think if he can, he is such a versatile player. His size and his speed, his athleticism, like, really allow would allow him to guard all five positions. And we've talked about that kind of leading up to the year and, and a little bit through the year. But he, I think he's been so far a disappointment for me, um, especially on the defensive end. I don't think I've seen quite what I was hoping for from him, but... I think if if the Nuggets can figure out how to utilize him correctly and and if he can take his defense up a notch, especially, you know, as we start getting into more and more competitive games and into playoffs and stuff, uh, that could, he could be another sort of key wild card. You know, I definitely agree with you there. I, and to go back on the, the buy and sell aspect of this specifically, I'm not sure I quite buy, but I'm also not sure I quite sell on it either. I think this is again, it's is another situation out, like this. This is the day. Like like the Jokic and Murray. <laughs> yeah, I've got to <laughs> got to give my hottest hot, takes. Bring it. I I I think that the Nuggets are one defender away. Personally, um, a lot of their offensive stuff revolves around Jamal Murray at point guard, but they they have these like. Monte Morris is a fine defender. He's okay. Mason Plumlee gets taken advantage of at at various levels 
again when he's when he's facing some tough defensive matchups, he's just not a good defender in various cases. On the on the aggregate, I think he's average to above average. But if there are a couple of places where I think Denver could really improve, it's by adding another big man defender or by adding another point of attack defender, somebody like a Patrick Beverly who continues to hound guys consistently. And could that be Torrey Craig? Is is that the guy that you, that you want to trust in those situations? Maybe it is, and maybe maybe he establishes himself again. But right now, I don't consider him a part of the rotation, and I don't. Yeah, I, it's hard to. It's it's really hard to. It's really hard to gauge that. To be clear, and but I also think that this team is relying on Mason Plumley a lot, and I I don't know if that's the if that's the best course of action when you get to a defensive playoff series. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think something I've been encouraged by too. I should, I should have, I should have pointed this out maybe in my first answer is Murray's defense is much better. Um, Barton is much actually so. playing much better defense than I was expecting at small forward position. I know a couple years ago he was one of the better uh, isolation defenders at shooting guard, uh, but I just thought, I just thought he was just too undersized for the position. Um, but that's not been the case so far. He's been uh, really outstanding defensively, and you know what his whole all around game. Um, I, I just can't say enough about. It. It's been one of the real surprises for me as a as a uh, dedicated <laughs> yeah, as, Barton as hater, a certain, <laughs> as a certain Barton detractor on this podcast. <laughs> right. I am. I have eaten crow. I have. Uh, I have publicly uh, apologized. I have written a whole article dedicated to five reasons I love the Nuggets that. Was really just five reasons I love Will Barton right now. So, it was great. Um, so I have come nice. around. Yeah, I've no, I've totally come around. I'm, I'm not, I'm not dug in on these, on these opinions by any means. And, and Barton has has proved me wrong this year for sure. So that's been a huge, a huge bonus. And and Jokic's defense is even uh, a little bit better from last year. I think the last time I looked at at some of the uh, sort of more advanced metrics, um, some of that stuff is kind of hard to gauge. But I, I think um, he seems. You know, he seems very involved on the defensive end for the most part. He obviously has his his games where uh, he's the, not real uh, motivated. But one one of the things that I think we we should talk about is you you ta- you mentioned Jeremy Grant. I do think that he is underwhelmed a little bit. I think that his defensive impact has not really been felt on on this he team in general. Should be a beast on defense. You know, like it certainly feels like it. It certainly feels like he should be a guy that's everywhere. Yeah. That's that's flying around. And he has that talent. He has that capability. I think he needs to play some center. Oh, I think he needs to play some small ball five where the Nuggets get out and run, where they're they're playing fast on the back end, where it, it's it's a little bit more opened up and it's it's a more offensive lineup. But I think that they can get away with that if they put Jeremy Grant back there, or they at least have to try. So what's the lineup you're envisioning then? You, you drop Mason Plumley out, and you put Grant at the five with like MPJ Wancho. Yeah, I think that that's if if you're going for offense, if if you it's it's a it would be a solid bench offense for the sole reason that you can add another shooter into that into that look. It's it's Monte Morris, Malik Beasley. Wancho, MPJ, and Jeremy Grant. And it's a it's a small lineup, but you also have three guys who are 6'9, 6'10. And you've got Malik Beasley who likes to run. You've got Monte Morris, who's better when he pushes the pace. You've got MPJ who can run like a deer, and you've got Jeremy Grant who can run like a deer. Mm-hmm. So 
I think that that would be a fun wrinkle that the Nuggets should try at some point. We'll see if they actually do. It's an interesting. I, it's it's interesting to me that you call that a small ball lineup. Like you said, though, like the, there's three guys there that are like six nine, six ten, but it does it would play like a small ball lineup with tons of length. Which is can we call it a speed? Just <laughs> really speed interesting. Ball? Yeah. <laughs> can we call it speed? Ball? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not even challenging you calling it a small ball lineup because it does. F- oh no, it you're does right. feel that way. I, it would feel like a small <laughs> ball lineup, but like that's that's the kind of interesting thing about that mix of players is. I mean, you have, you know, Michael Porter Jr. got a little bit of play at shooting guard earlier this year. Like, he's, uh, that's <laughs> yeah, not going to be, I don't know if I want to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, it's not going to be a long term. That's, that's one I don't really agree right, with. Right, right. It's not, that's not a long term <laughs> thing, but like, it, it just kind of shows the, the versatility that these, these lengthy athletes have on the bench. And, and Malone's kind of, I, I mean, to his credit, I feel like he's done a fair amount of experimenting so far this season. Um, I don't, I don't think he's dug in too hard. On, on anything with the bench yet. And I appreciate that, but I, you know, maybe at some point here, pretty soon, we're going to have to lock in to some kind of uh, yeah. a lineup structure. I feel like, I don't know when that moment is. I, but. I don't even know about that yeah. because when I, when I look at this team, when I look at the things that they have really tried, they, they know who their starters are and they know that Monte Morris, Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley are going to play. Mm-hmm. And so the guys who have really kind of exchanged out are the, are the two and the three. And so you've had different looks with Malik Beasley in there and, and Torrey Craig in there for defense and Wancho in there for a little bit of spacing and Jokic happiness and, and Michael Porter Jr. in there to appease the front office and <laughs> various reasons. And like it's, it's, and, and <laughs> Nuggets fans alike and, and ratings and right. whatnot. But the, that, that to me, it, I think that there are definitely things that he could do with the bench lineup that in, that don't include one of Jeremy Grant or Mason Plumley, because I think neither of those guys have spaced the floor well. And j- while Jeremy Grant has taken a lot of threes, he hasn't made a lot <laughs> right. of them. So if you can you can deal with that at the five, I don't know if you can deal with that at the four next to a non-shooting five. And so that has helped their defense. Don't get me wrong. But you're 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 killing your offense if you if you continue to go all defense there. All right, let's wrap up buy or sell with buy or sell the leadership on the team. Oh, I buy it. I there is there is no doubt in my mind that the Nuggets have capable leaders capable of doing what it needs to be done to become a championship level team. I, I think they know where they need to go. We've talked about the championship level defense that it it's it may not be quite there, but it's getting there. And the Jokic and Murray is a championship one-two punch. May not be quite there, but it's getting there. The leadership on this team is there, and it comes with continuity. It comes with the chemistry. Like the guys were were dancing around in practice today and just just having a grand old time. And a lot of that is because Michael Malone has stepped off the gas a little bit. He was he was grinding through those first few games just to make sure that the Nuggets were getting the wins that they needed to get. Now he is stepping off the gas a little bit. Looks like he's he's taking a little bit more of a relaxed tone with the team. And if they continue to win, if they continue to do the things that they need to do, he's going to let them do it. And that's good leadership. That's good championship mentality. Yeah, I'm going to sell this. Um Although I, I I agree with with your points there I and I I will say the leadership from the top here 
uh, from Coach Malone specifically, I think has been really like remarkable this year. Uh, I think he's done a pretty exceptional job navigating this kind of odd start that they've had. And I, th- I think the 12 and three record is a testament <laughs> to that. Um, I, I don't think, you know, under a different coach, um, you know, may- maybe somebody who, who didn't handle things quite the same way. I'm not sure that we have that record right now with the kind of start that the Nuggets got off to. Um, but I, I agree that almost through like sheer force of will, he's kind of, he's kind of gotten in there, him and him and a couple of players like Barton. Um, I, I feel like have kind of, driven this team when when it would have been easy to uh to fade back i think the primary reason i'm selling it and this is i i'm gonna i'm gonna put an asterisk next to this but i'm just concerned about Jokic's leadership overall and that's largely because he's their best player um I, he has this sort of interesting like <laughs> laissez-faire kind of attitude uh this sort of you know, I you know that we a lot of run got made of his uh, um, sure statement about how he doesn't have goals in the in the uh, at media day, and I've kind of found like I, I in, in a way I find it sort of charming. I've always had this thing for the like gifted genius who kind of is just great at stuff and doesn't care really. I don't know. I sort of like that like character uh, like in movies or whatever. I'm wondering if it's gonna win a championship. Though, like, I'm wondering if you need a Kobe Bryant, a LeBron James, like somebody who you think is actually going to like eat your children if they don't win, you know, kind of a mentality or whatever, like these these super aggressive alpha dogs. And maybe you don't need it. Uh, I'm, I'm there's probably a precedent for some teams that have won without their best player being that like really strong alpha dog. Um, and I being somebody who's not an alpha myself, like I. I would love to see somebody like Jokic be able to win a championship just on on, on talent, you know, just being like, you know, no, nah, I just got and I play the game and I hit my shots and I just, other guys hit shots and like that would be awesome. I'd love to see it. I just don't know if it if it can happen. I guess that this is more of a of a question mark in my mind. Yeah, I I don't know if I agree with you, man. I think that this is a it's definitely a situation where he has already proven himself in the playoffs. He's already proven himself and how he can get up for a playoff series and will his team to win. The problem was he doesn't, he didn't have anybody come with them. And, and Jamal Murray was, was inconsistent in that series, but you saw the glimpses of what he could be. What if he's consistent? What if he is at that level that he's now this year, like where he, where he's currently at? What if he was like this back when the Nuggets needed somebody to defend Rodney Hood. The Nuggets are probably in the NBA Finals right now because the Warriors would not have given – they they would right. probably have faltered against the Nuggets. The Nuggets had guys who could defend uh, Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson or at least make their life a little bit more hell than Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and Rodney Hood on, on Portland. Those guys fell apart – Mm-hmm. And the Nuggets would have had somebody in Nikola Jokic who was a walking mismatch in those situations who Draymond, Draymond Green could not defend him. Uh, all of these guys cannot defend him in those situations. Sure. So it's going to be interesting. I am a little bit – I to me, this feels like a 4D chess move from Jokic. You, you have Jamal Murray coming into the year with a max contract extension – the expectations on him are super high. 
the goal with Jamal is to get him going, is to get him to play like a max player, to get him on board with what needs to happen. I just honestly believe that the Nuggets are at their best when Jamal is playing this well, and then Jokic can turn it on, and then he can show the world why he is the way that he is. Jamal's got that alpha in him. There is there is no doubt in my mind. Um, I am... It's it's going to be interesting, yeah. to say the least. I, but I, I disagree with it. I disagree. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. It's good. It, I think, yeah, it's it's this... What, what you're kind of describing is Jokic leading by example, which also is kind of Millsap's leadership style, too. And I am fine with that. I, I guess I just... I, I guess I won't believe it until I see him win it, win it all. I, maybe, maybe that's really all, all it comes down to. It's like, he's just not... He's not your typical... NBA star like he's just not in any way in the way he plays and the way he communicates with the media in the way he you know takes takes his team uh, you know under control or, or by the horns or whatever and all of that could be fine like it and, and I will I will I'll be the first one to to cheer him on if if this all uh, can work in the end because I, I would really like to see a, a team that can win you know without needing to be so like I don't know, hyper aggressive or something. I don't. I'm not. not that's not the right way to put it. Well, but like, let me let me let me stop you there. Do you think that Jamal Murray can be that guy to eat somebody's children? Yeah. The right. The problem is he's not their best player, and so can right because I think like Will Barton is a really good leader on this team too, and and Millsap is a good leader in his own sort of quiet way, his understated way, but his his go about your business kind of way. Um. So can can you win a championship where you you don't have the LeBron the uh, you know I don't know Kawhi is kind of an interesting he's quiet comparison as here for Jokic because Kawhi is pretty quiet yeah um, and and is kind of more of a lead by example sort of a player yeah. so maybe there's some precedent for this that I'm just overlooking but not to mention I think that there there's a duo in NBA history that you're overlooking a little bit that reminds everybody of of these current nuggets and it is Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant. You needed somebody to yeah, rein in Shaq. You needed somebody to who had he had the physical talent but he had to drive it in one direction. And he was yeah. able to win an MVP because of it and he was able to win three finals because of it. And he was considered the best player. But Kobe Bryant was the driver. Kobe Bryant was the kind of the lead the lead voice i would say in those situations where he was, you just he was made getting aggressive so many enemies with kobe stands oh kobe's <laughs> not the best player like he was never the best player on his I, championship yeah. teams i agree with you on that <laughs> and that includes uh, uh that includes <laughs> his his late runs with Pau gasol who was better than him and more efficient than him oh okay things have, have cranked up a notch now on the dig <laughs> Gotta uh, for everybody it. that's still tuned in you're glad you did oh yeah <laughs> awesome all right you all right ron you convinced me i take it back bye 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 she's fine <laughs>
And now, for some reason, a basketball haiku by Nicholas Herzog. The Nuggets are good. The Nuggets are very good. That's it. That's the poem. Fill in the blank. All right, Ryan, let's play some fill in the blank. Let's do it. The Nuggets' biggest need is blank. I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with consistency. I think that that is probably the one word that can be used to describe Denver's performances right now. They have rarely put together the the perfect game where you're you're doing well on offense, you're doing well on defense at the same time. Too often, it's one is going and the other kind of slips. I I did stat of the week this week, and the the one thing that really stood out to me was that. In all of the situations where Denver's offense was, or where where Denver's defense was really bad, at least ha- like most of those situations were when Denver's offense was good, so, and then it was vice versa where Denver's offense was bad and Denver's defense was good. There hasn't really been a a like there hasn't been a a confluence of those things where both are exceedingly great at the same time. And you'd like to see that, especially like the Washington Wizards are coming up. People will listen to this podcast on uh, on Wednesday and the game will have already happened. The hope would be that Denver blows out Washington and and figures out a way to s- slow down their offense. And he jinxed while us. Also, Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's, it's going to happen. We already know. But if they don't, then there will be a reason for that. It's because either Denver's offense was was lagging behind their defense or vice versa. Yeah, what do you what, what do you attribute that to? Is it that they, they, they just have a hard time because they're a young team, like focusing on both sides of the court, like splitting their attention? It's kind of like like they, they get in, in defense mode and then they just sort of slack off on the offensive side or i mean have you seen anything in the numbers or any any kind of analysis that yeah it's uh so in all of their in all of their bad offense good defense games they've won they've won every single one of those games and when their offense has been good and their defense has been bad they've lost uh it's been very rare that they've actually been able to get their offense going without letting their defense slip. I think it's a focus thing. I think that once they start really getting a getting a groove on offense, in a lot of those games they get out to really hot starts and and then their defense slips because they got out to a hot start. Denver just has to get to a place where they they feel comfortable excelling on offense while also trying on defense. Unfortunately, in most of those situations, because Denver's a young team, when they get to a team where they feel like they're better than and they get out to that hot start, like like the Atlanta Hawks, for example, they get out to that hot start, they're playing really well, and then they let their foot off the gas and they lose focus. That, to me, is, is their big problem. Yeah, I agree with you. And so what I think their biggest need is, and it's, it's related to this, is experience. You know, I, I thought about some things like, well, is their biggest need like some more shooting? Is it another defender? Is it some more veteran leadership? I don't know. You know, there's some maybe kind of more specific things you could 
throw in there. Um, but I, I, yeah, I really feel like, I feel like the talent is there on this team. It's just a matter of growing up a little bit. You know, I think they just need to, and as you said, become more consistent. It's really the same, the same idea here is that, well, at least I'm, I'm assuming that through experience, through some more situations, you know, just, 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 you know, more 82 game seasons and more back-to-backs or in, you know, four and five nights or on stretches where you're on long road trips or, you know, where you're playing a series of, of games where the competition isn't as tough and you think you can sort of relax. Like I think all of those kinds of situations that come up through the season are just things that they're still adjusting to and learning how to sort of fight through human nature, you know, to, to slack off. I mean, really that's, that's what a lot of it is about. Um, It's hard to like be on all the time. And I, and I know, you know, a lot of like dude bros online will say, you know, you guys make like millions of dollars. You should always play hard. It's like, yeah, they're also human beings. Like it's, it's just tough to stay up all the time in any profession you're in. Um, And then, you know, these guys happen to be in a profession where they're being scrutinized, you know, every minute of every play that they're on the, the court, you know, the guys like us are pouring through their, their footage and seeing what they did. (laughs) And, and, and they're, you know, these guys are young, you know, early twenties. Like, so I, I I think that's a lot of it, not to make excuses for them. It's just, these are, you know, I think, I I think we're, we're seeing them grow up already a little bit uh, in front of our eyes, these last, you know, year and a half or whatever. And I, I think, I think the the trajectory is good. I think, I think we're I, seeing that growth. I agree. Let me, let me throw a number at you right now that mm-hmm. I think will, will probably shock your viewers. The starters and the bench have played a lot of minutes like as, as units, but the starters in particular have just been on the floor for a long time together They've only played 13 of the 15 games together because Barton missed a couple with a with I think it was a toe injury, but they have played 280 minutes together. The next highest five man unit is 197, and that's the the Utah Jazz starting lineup. They've they've played 14 games. Denver's played 13 games. Denver has outstripped other teams by 87 minutes. Or actually, uh, yes, that is the correct number on average. No, well, it total. This is, this oh, is a total. Yeah. Uh, so basically, like the next, on I mean, average, the next closest playing, team is eighty-seven minutes behind. Yes, yeah. Uh, which is which to me is is just bonkers. It that is, is bonkers. That's surprising an insane to me. number. The the Nuggets are relying so heavily on their starters, and they're working. They also lead the NBA in five man unit plus minus right now. Uh, there they've outstripped the Houston Rockets starters and the Utah Jazz starters. So they're good. If we just take this team on the face value of their starting unit, they're a damn good team. But when you when you get past when you get past that, when you get into the bench, that may be where you start to think about your the the experience, the consistency a little bit more. There has been no consistency with the bench rotation. No, there has right. been no consistency with the bench unit. Monte Morris has not been good. Uh, he's not been efficient. Mason Plumley has sure. dro- yeah. has Mason Plumley has dropped off in efficiency, as has Jeremy Grant. There's there are a lot of questions with that bench unit, and they have not figured it out. And still, and so until they do, until they find a consistent group that they can play and and play well, they're going to struggle. All right, Nick, let's let's fill in the blank here. If you could wave a wand and make one trade happen, it would be for who? Okay, I have two answers to this question. 
First answer is, I think I'm okay with the team the way it is right now. I'm not sure okay. that I'm, I would push for a trade. But Interesting. If but I could, if a, a trade could happen, I'm finding something to hide behind right now. I, I think it would be for Andre Iguodala. Okay. Of course, the mole, the mole. I'm sorry. I'm for the sorry. record, sorry Nuggets fans. I know. For the record, I agree. I think that that's a great pick. Uh. Um, I think I think he solves some of the some of the problems we've been discussing here. He's a guy who's won a bunch of championships. He's a guy who plays great defense. He's a guy who hits big shots. He's a guy who doesn't need the ball. So he's a really seamless kind of player to to put on the roster. He's not gonna he's not gonna disrupt anything um, unless he you know starts like stealing uh, Nugget secrets and selling them to the league or something. But <laughs> he's not gonna cause any like rotation issues. Um, he's a, he's a guy that you could even play, like not play for a few games. If, if, if you don't want to during the regular season, he's really there for the playoffs and, and to provide some, some grit, some grind, uh, some moxie, you know, some, some cold, icy nerves. And I think this young team could use that. And so I, to me, that's, that's the the kind of reasons I'm sort of detaching myself from the past, uh, or, or, or any kind of emotional feelings I might have about him um i i think he's the type if a trade is going to be made i think he's the type of player that the nuggets need to be considering not not a trade for like drew holiday or bradley beal or something like that i i i think you have to give this core of players the chance to win it um i think they've they've done what they can to to grow and improve as much as we might like to think about a consolidation trade and like bringing some big superstar in it would completely change the dynamic of the team and i think they've done enough to earn a shot at making a run for it. I agree. I, I think that the, especially with the starting lineup doing as well as they are, uh, it's, it's really hard to, to go against that. They may struggle with the LeBron James. They may struggle with the Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. How many of those guys are readily available for the price that Nuggets fans would be willing to give up? And right. maybe that guy's Andre Iguodala, but it's very possible that if he's not playing right now and he's 35 years old and he is extru- like like he's he's a a playoff player only. He also struggled guarding Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs last year, so it's not like it's not like he's some some savior. Right. Uh he could he could help, but he's not a savior. He is old. Uh let me let me throw another name at you. The the guy who I would think about trading for is Terrence Ross. It's it's a name that I picked out of the air because he represents a shooting guard who is a gunner who the nuggets may feel like ah Malik Beasley we we love what you're doing but you are a free agent next year we don't know where you're going to go we don't know if we can keep you let's find a guy who we think we can keep and also a guy who can win us a game in the playoffs by getting hot from 3 I like it yeah I, w- I would support that for sure too. What? Um, just to throw another another name out that could be a similar kind of a fit. What are your thoughts about Otto Porter? Too expensive? Too? Uh, would he? Yeah, would that's he fit? the uh, that's the thing. If if you go get Otto Porter, it likely means, I guess you got to trade 
Mason Plumley and Will Barton, or it means you have to trade. Uh, I don't. I don't even know. It, yeah. it just. It takes a lot to go get like, that. Oh, oh, I know. Mm, yeah. Mm, uh, <laughs> that's a guy who we we're just thinking about and, and and saying, hey, this is a defensive player of the year candidate. I know. I know. Do you really you really want to go trade that it, guy for somebody who may not be around long term? And I mean, he and, kind of was right there at the start of the process, too. You know, it's like, what does that do to the team dynamic behind the scenes? Um, he's getting yeah, rid of a guy been who's there. been like a solid core contributor in the starting lineup for three, four years now. He's he's been there since the beginning. That's a that's a really tough one. I I don't think that Otto Porter is a better player than Gary Harris right now in a vacuum. So I don't think it's really something that we actually yeah. So it's not something that we really have to worry about. However, if if you do think you're struggling with size and and you'd rather have Will Barton at the two. And he could still be in the starting lineup because he's been great, but you still need somebody like an auto porter who can shoot and can play off the dribble a little bit and can match up with a six foot eight guy. Maybe that is the right guy. I have always loved auto porter. I think that he's wonderful. When he got that contract, it became kind of real that like, oh yeah, you have to pay that guy to be your third best player. And can he be your third best player? That's a, that's a real question mark. I, I don't think he can. All right, let's finish it up. Blank is the role player or bench player on the Nuggets right now who would have the biggest positive impact on the team's chances of winning a championship this year. It's got to be Jeremy Grant, right? Like to me, that's my answer. Jeremy, too. Yeah. Jeremy Grant is the he is the one player who can make a major difference in a playoff series because you can play him at any position and all of those all of those lineups would work. Uh, in a in a lineup that features the Murray Jokic pick and roll, if he is spacing the floor in the corner and you trust him to hit his threes, then you can run those sets pretty nonstop and still be able to put Paul Millsap in one corner and Jeremy Grant in the other. Uh, you can also put him in place of Paul Millsap so that Paul Millsap does not have to play 40 minutes a game in the playoffs. That's a that's a big deal. And you could also potentially play him next to Paul Millsap at the five. Where if you don't feel like you trust Mason Plumley, Jeremy Grant is a guy that you could run pick and roll with, and he can still jump above the rim and provide an above the rim threat. I I still think that he has the highest ceiling this season of any Nuggets player due to what he does on the defensive end and as a switch specialist. And he has some burgeoning skills offensively. I think that he could still be a really nice option. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the like cop out answer here would be to say Michael Porter Jr. Like try to imagine that he has some, you know, monstrous leap as a, as a rookie. And and we see his like full talent come into, into play. That's not going to happen this year. Uh, he's, he's just so he needs some time. Yeah. He needs time to develop. And I think that's become pretty clear. And I'm somebody who was, who was beating the MPJ drum early. I still, every time he's in the game, I'm excited. I, I still, you know, you st- the talent is there. It's real. Like the guy, the guy can score um, without, without really much effort. It's, it, it comes easy to him, but um, it's just not, not for this year, it, the guy this year that they need to step up, you know, who's not currently consistent, who isn't, isn't playing at the top of his game is Jeremy Grant. And if, if they can get 40% uh, 
three point shooting Jeremy Grant on this team. Uh, and and like you said, they can he he can get his defense to the point that they can feel confident playing him against uh, or next to Jokic, and spell Paul Millsap a little bit, or especially in the playoffs, uh, having him play instead of Mason Plumlee, so that you can actually have a little bit of uh, outside shooting, um, and and just you know more a more polished all around offensive game in theory. That's a that that's the weapon really that can that can take them over the top that he can be the like Swiss army knife this team needs to win a championship. Um, but those are some, some relatively big ifs because uh, he hasn't shown that so far this year and his shooting has been atrocious. They are, so. but he's also shown that he can do that in previous years. Right. I thought that his, his capabilities in Oklahoma city were a little bit limited based off of what they, what they asked him to do. And while that that really fits well in what the Nuggets would want to do with him as the starting power forward uh, going forward, I think that he actually he profiles to fit extremely well in that role. He hasn't really been able to be an off dribble creator in the second unit, and that's that's fine. That's not something you're going to ask him to do. I think going forward, uh, but it at least gives the Nuggets another di- dynamic. A, an agile guy, a fast guy, somebody who is strong enough to deal with a lot of the big small forwards in the in the Western Conference. He can switch on to a James Harden on occasion. He can step in front of a LeBron James and take a charge or at least mirror him one-on-one a little bit. Uh, we're going to have to see. I think that he's the only guy who can do that on the roster. and Maybe Torrey Craig can, but... I, I really do think that Jeremy Grant's skill set, because it is so specialized, could change the game for Denver. I'll throw one other name out there just for argument's sake, and that's Malik Beasley. If he can get things together, I don't know what has happened there. I don't know what went on behind the scenes or what he was clearly in the doghouse for a bit, a bit for some reason. I think he could be a game changer for, for the team off the bench. Um or this sort of a, a sort of a wild card player, the guy that could hit you know three or four threes in a in a third quarter of a playoff series or something, uh, that you know could be a real a real lift for a team that might might need some some offense in a, in a tough playoff game. But I I don't know at this point. There's just too many questions surrounding him now for me to really trust that that's possible. So I think Jeremy Grant's probably the right choice here. Right, and and it's it's tough because he's still so one dimensional in terms of what he offers. Uh, he hasn't really expanded his game to the point where teams really care about his pull-up jumper or his ability to create shots at the rim for himself and others. Uh, and that's surprising an to me, shooter. really, considering it's his it's a contract year for him, and and you know he turned down a, a you know pretty reasonable, decent offer from the Nuggets, betting on himself, and then he didn't really improve his game. Like I don't know, that kind of says something about his character to me a little bit, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's still I early. Think it's, it's, it's still a, early. It's a tough one. He he has the he has his own personal goals, and he's also not provided a problem, uh, at least at least publicly in terms of his right. his minutes or his or his role on the team. He continues to say the right things that he is willing to do whatever it takes to have the team win. Uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes in the future. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, now when I said character, I didn't mean that he's like a bad guy. I just meant like. Does he have the, I don't know, the work ethic, the maybe work ethic's not even the right way to put it either. The, I don't know, the, the sort of desire to be great. 
you know, that that's going to get him in the gym working on, uh, you know, a new skill every year or, you know, something to improve his game. Cause we, I, we just haven't seen that this year. So maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's and, still coming. And some but. guys, some guys just don't develop that. Some guys find a ceiling and a cap on a what niche. they can do at the NBA level. Right. And, and he is the, the prime example of somebody like that, who was a, a valuable player last year as a three and D wing. And once you start trying to expand that game into the mid range and you, you start to lose some of that efficiency and lo and behold, he has not been as efficient this year. All right, Ryan. Well, I think we have successfully not arrived at any conclusions about whether the Nuggets have enough this year <laughs> or not. But <laughs> well, it's so it's so hard. 15 There's no way games to know. Into the year, man. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's a it's a good conversation to have that I I definitely enjoyed having with you. Good, good. We've got a a fun rest of the year to look forward to. They've they've made it through this this tough stretch, and I think uh, I think good things are in the future for them. So thanks a lot for coming on, Ryan. I really appreciate it. I wanted to uh, thank you, too, for the work you've done managing Stiffs this year. We obviously had, had some transition and uh, turnover and things, and, and you've stepped in as a new uh, site manager, and you've done a great job, and our content's been uh, spectacular. I don't think there's been any drop in the quality of content. Uh, I wanted to to just throw a shout-out to you for the, the work you've done and, and tell you that I personally appreciate it. I appreciate you, man. Thank you very much. All right, take care. You can follow him at NBA Blackburn, and you can follow me at Nick Herzog, SBN. Take care. All right, thanks, Ryan. See ya.